This is Aftermath Part 2. So we're not going to go into everything that we normally do. But this is powered by MTMV Sports. Sports fans rejoice. My team, my voice, and I am your man, the voice. MTMV Voice, I mean, MTMV Sports is not named after me. But, hey, uh, it's my team, my voice, and you are hearing my voice. I am the voice. Your MTMV Sports combat sports correspondent with my main man. Yeah, that's right. I got it right this <laughs> got time. It. Uh, second time's a charm. Josh Musil. All right, Josh. We saved um, the most notable for last, which was the main event. This is the reason why we all went to the fight. This is the reason why we were excited about UFC 229, and we knew that that number, like 100, like uh, 202 and like 196 and, and some of the others that have gone down in history 214 um, 151 because it didn't happen but we, we knew that this was going to go down in history because of the matchup you had what everyone considered to be the most enigmatic fighter that there is in Conor McGregor against what on paper is his kryptonite in undefeated beast Habib the Eagle Nurmagomedov and it's a blood feud that started with Habib and his guys about 10-15 of them con- cornering um Artem, but actually started with Ar- Artem said something, then Habib cornered him and went on TV and smirked and, and uh, did everything, then kind of did what he did at UFC 223, something else that went down in history uh, at the Barclays and all the stuff that took place there. Um, and then the fight took place, and that's the reason why we wanted to see the fight. It was Kryptonite versus the Enigma and what was going to happen? How was this going to play out? Was Connor's left hand, the equalizer, the thing that has stopped so many people throughout his career, was he going to be able to use that effectively against Khabib, who can be hit? How is it going to play out? So tell us, for those who didn't see it, how did it play out, Josh? It... Well, first of all, I mean, and and this is coming from a guy that really I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm not a big fan of either guy um, just because of past actions from from both. I don't think anybody's a saint here. I know that some people paint one as a this and one as a that. So this is coming from a place of just a fight fan watching two guys fighting. I'm prefacing that because – uh, yes. <laughs> observer and someone who is truly trying to be the best journalist possible, uh, not picking a side, just observing and yes. sharing with the people. All right. And I, I just want to throw that out there because I've already picked on Derek Lewis a little bit. I don't, <laughs> I don't want any more backlash for being a this guy liker, lover, this guy lover, <laughs> whatever. It's not it. What, so what we're going to get to is, first of all, if you are a fan of MMA, especially UFC, 
to see Conor McGregor back and the intro and literally it never, ever happens. And there's actually a really good picture. And I, I am so sorry. I forget who it is. It's circulating all over the place. But it is a picture of Conor McGregor's first time back in the octagon in two years with the smoke, the green lights mm-hmm. around the octagon. And the reason that picture is so epic is there is never, I mean never, a time where there is only one fighter in the cage during a walkout or anything. There's always media. There's always somebody. The ref is already in there. There's stuff going on. There's cameras. There's cords. This was a solemn moment two years back. It was it was exciting. And then Habib comes out, the champ, the guy that, like you said, has all – supposed to have all the answers – to this Conor McGregor, the the elite wrestler that has elite ground and pound from one of the greatest gyms in the world that fights just savage, just trains with savages all the time. With bears. With bears. <laughs> literal bears. Um, and uh, so, I mean, really, the energy was there. There's a reason this was the biggest MMA fight. Um at least up until this time, maybe outside of when UFC really came on and became this main, I don't want to say mainstream, but became this big thing. But this is it. This is like the, 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 the height of what we could get to at this time. So with that said, it was, it was just, it was really cool to see a guy like Conor McGregor back. I mean, a guy that we thought wasn't going to come back, made a ton of money, boxing really has no reason to come back but comes back and not only does he come back but after two years wants to take on Habib Nurmagomedov which is not a slouch (laughs) I mean this dude's 26 and 0 and had never lost a round a round right let alone a fight um so the fight kicks off and it goes very much like Almost everybody expected, regardless of who you were a fan of. There was a uh, not a lot of feeling out. And if you know anything about McGregor, you know that he is very adamant about saying, I don't like the feeling out process. I like to put pressure. Um, unfortunately, there wasn't a whole lot of pressure put on uh, because there, he was very defensive. You could kind of see his stance. He wasn't moving around as much, waiting for the takedown. And honestly, I will give credit where credit is due. He did really well, in my opinion, of of um, avoiding the takedown in round one. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he he wasn't sprawling, which I would have liked to have seen. You know, you had this much time to prep. You figured he'd learn how to sprawl at some point after the Chad Mendes fight. But um, he actually did a good job. He showed some really good flexibility, um, was actually able to land uh, a couple of punches on the ground. Um Typically, it wasn't that he ever got Khabib down, but when Habib was down uh, on the single leg, he landed um, a couple of punches in a round that only saw, what do we got, 16 punches total thrown um, due to just trying to take down. Um, it was actually an intriguing first round. The first round obviously went to Habib. Just He did eventually secure a takedown, um, landed an extra strike, was definitely the aggressor. Um, now, round two, uh, was what everybody <laughs> that's been talking about what Habib could do to McGregor 
that's when everybody got a chance to say, see, I told you so, because he got the takedown uh, quick, fast, and in a hurry, and was started just opening up with the ground and pound. Um, to tell Again, because I'm a numbers guy, I want to tell you the numbers. There were uh, 60, 60 significant strikes thrown um, by uh, Habib in the second round. 51 of them were on the ground. He landed 36 of his 41. Um, really just did. I mean, he was raining down shots. There was a point in there where I thought um, that he that the fight might actually stop. But McGregor yeah. uh, was actually doing a very good job of intelligently defending himself. Um, but the shots were just getting through. And sometimes you see where the ref will step in and will stop that. Uh, but he did have decent head movement. A lot of them were glancing kind of off to the side. I mean, he, I'm not, again, not to say he was not eating some shots that it was nasty. He had them rolled up against the fence. Um, I saw some of my pet peeves <laughs> with the <laughs> <laughs> grabbing a hold of the toes, uh, the oh, cage, yeah. the toe, um, which, which definitely was frustrating to me. But, but um, you know what? You, you have to give it to uh, Connor. <laughs> Uh, because he he has that gorilla on his chest, so oh, absolutely, it, it is just <laughs> fitting that he would use his feet to grab the fence, <laughs> since gorillas often pick up things with their feet. So, uh, kudos to Connor for living out the tattoo. Anyway, I just <laughs> <where it's going laughs> exactly. Um, now, the only other thing I, I really dislike. Now, I'll be honest; I'm a definitely a guy that dislikes the cage grab. Um, but honestly, in that particular circumstance, there really wasn't anything to be gained advantage-wise for it. Um, so I'm not entirely sure why he was doing it. Uh, but it was still annoying. But the one that actually got me, I believe, was in the second round, is he actually landed a knee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, again, from the ground. Um, it wasn't hard, and it wasn't – it was kind of – I think he tried to pass it off as a no. I was trying to I was trying to buck him with my hips, and, and when my leg came up and – I don't buy it at all. It looked like a knee. It definitely was a knee. Yeah, as someone says, shades of uh, Frank Shamrock and Henzo Gracie in yes. Strike Force. <laughs> yes. Now, I'm sorry. Let, let me interject one more time because yeah, uh, this came up, or I should say this came to my mind when we were talking about uh, Alexandra Almeida and Steven Seiler with the uh, – with the illegal strike from the ground and how you talked about the crowd booing, um, booing Siler for winning that way. It, there's something that Phoenix Carnival said today on the MMA beat. And I thought it was just phenomenal. She said, there are uh, martial arts fans and then there are fans of violence. And unfortunately they both attend the same events. Yeah, very true. And that that has a lot to do. She was saying that about this, but I wanted to piggyback and just say that about um, that PFL event. The people that were booing were fans of violence. They were not fans of martial arts. All right. Thank thank you so much for allowing me to interject. Please, sir, uh, talk to the good people. No, um, and it, just to show, again, a little farther while we're still in the second round, a discrep- the discrepancy in the second round, the, the complete – like I said, this is what everybody was talking about when they said 
that this is why this is not good for McGregor. Mm-hmm. McGregor threw 13 punches and landed five of uh, Habib's 41 of 60. Um, he landed 30 McGregor 38 percent and Habib uh, 68 percent. Again, 51 of those was thrown on the ground. This is what had happened. Now, again. If you're a McGregor fan, you've been following McGregor, even if you're not a McGregor fan, but you've just watched him, we saw something relatively similar against um, Chad Mendez. Where yes. He, he got taken down. He got taken down. Um, but he showed up and was able to get the stoppage in that fight. So we move on to the third round, which, if I'm not mistaken, is the first round that Habib Nurmagomedov has ever lost in his career. Correct. If, if I saw correctly on the cards that he had lost that round. Um, and it showed. And I think that this was very – this is kind of what people are trying to – if you're a McGregor fan, again, I'm, I'm not playing any side, but if you're a McGregor fan, this is where you hang your hat on. Mm-hmm. This is what we were talking about with McGregor against Habib, that he had the power, he had the striking, he had the head movement, he had this, he had that, whatever it was, and, oh, he finally beat – Nurmagomedov in a round. He finally lost a round. And again, if you look at the discrepancy here, you've got 37 strikes thrown by Abib to 52 from McGregor. And this number is now switched. 65% of strikes landed from McGregor and only 40 for Abib. Um, nothing was thrown on the ground at all. Uh, the clinch, which um, the clinch was nine of nine for McGregor. Uh, distance was 25 of 43. Um, the striking was was on, um, but it wasn't it wasn't the same power that we've seen against Eddie Alvarez or that knocked out Jose Aldo or that that caught uh, Chad Mendez mm-hmm. and was able to to knock him down, knock him. It wasn't the same power. It was very different. I, I don't know how to explain it, but if you had to ask me. In hindsight, looking at it now, now watching the fight then, you might be thinking, holy smokes. And I think even Dominique Cruz said it a few times. Holy cow, this is what McGregor was doing in that second round. He was letting Abib get tired and, and wear out those arms. And now he's going to make this, this comeback and he's going to keep it on the feet and he's going to be able to defend the takedown, blah, blah, blah. Having hindsight, <laughs> it just seems like that was the, the round that he was going to take off because he was going to come out super hard in the fourth round and, and try to get the finish. Mm-hmm. And uh, spoiler alert, that is exactly what happens. Uh, the fourth round comes out, very few strikes thrown. Again, we're looking at 20, 21 strikes total thrown. Um, Aviv gets the, the takedown. Um, and very reminiscent of uh, the Nate Diaz one, mm-hmm. uh, Gregor one. Um, McGregor just does not know what to do once he's mounted. Um, he did not do too bad in the guard through the first two rounds. Did not do well at all. Um, once he got once once the mount came, he he rolled uh, back to his back. Uh, Abib started working on the rear naked. He tried to roll back. Was only about to get half. Only able to get halfway. B picked him up, put him against the fence, and put on. I believe he actually was awarded a rear naked choke, but it was um, it was definitely a neck crank. Yeah, um, it was a neck crank. I, I forget yeah. what they stated it was. And I, I think you're right. Uh, yeah, I but, think they came. Yeah, I've got it here. It says a uh, rear naked choke is what it says on fight metric, but it was definitely a neck crank. It was not actually under. Um, but 
people that want to say that, uh, you know, McGregor is a coward, whatever, for tapping. It wasn't even a choke. Uh, I challenge you to just find anybody to get behind you and punch you in the face a couple times and then let him just try to rip your jaw through your ear. And um, tell me, tell me if it's worth just sitting there for 30 or 40 seconds. Um, I don't think it is. And this, again, it, you're not talking about just some slouch guy. You're talking about a beating Magomedov. Mm-hmm. And that was in, and he wanted to rip McGregor's jaw through his right ear. <laughs> That's what he was going for. He wanted to break his face. Yeah. Um, and and or not, you- not going to let it go. I don't think at all. I think could be, he would have rather broke his arms trying to hold that stupid choke before he would have let that thing go. I mean, he would have held it for the rest of the round. It was uncomfortable. It was smothering. It was a real, and it was tight. Mm-hmm. And honestly, he could have cr- cranked the neck more because he had him in the perfect position. He had him. Um, he had the body lock in, or he might not have had a body. He might have let go of the body lock at that point to get the pressure. But he had his side. He could have continued to – I mean, he could have ripped his head off. I'm just going to be honest with you because he had McGregor stuck against the cage. There was no getting out. McGregor did tap sat up against the cage, um, just exhausted. Um, and then that's when Abib came up and threw his mouthpiece at McGregor's corner. Some words were exchanged and then just everything fell, <laughs> everything fell apart, uh, at this point. Yeah. That, so that, uh, I guess is a nice tag off to me and I, and I apologize for, Saying something when you when you were talking about the the neck crank, I think it was more than the crank that did it. When you saw Connor, I mean, he turned about twelve shades of purple with oh, yeah. that thing around his head. His vein was popping out, looked like a, a little worm in his forehead. And if you just allow, like, uh, my, like my MMA man <laughs> was saying. nobody has to punch you just let someone put their arms around your face and squeeze the pain to your jaw is horrendous now that's on top of being smashed for two rounds uh, and you've got Khabib Nurmagomedov who is so strong that Luke Rocco who should not be fighting at 185 should really be fighting at 205 says he has the most difficult time trying to get out from under he's like he's the hardest person to get out from under he fights clear two weight classes down from uh rock hole but he says this is the strongest guy that i deal with that's who has this around his head and like he said he was trying to rip his head off he didn't really want to let it go when the ref came in, he was still all kinds of fired up. And one thing that this whole fight experience has exposed, uh, and it was, I think I heard this on, uh, and I agree with him wholeheartedly, which is why I'm echoing it. I think I heard it on the MMA uh, beat today, but it really showed the principle, the principle nature of Habib Nurmagomedov. He's a person who, is a principles. This wasn't as McGregor uh, leaned over and said, I think, uh, in the third round, he was like, hey, man, this is just business. Like, no, this is personal. This is very personal. This is serious. And he 
said that even in the post fight press conference. He was like, This was not uh this this was personal. You talked about me, you talked about uh my religion, and if anyone knows anything, anything about the way that um adherence to Islam feel about statements that are made against anything related to Islam, you don't even have to talk about the religion. You say something about Muhammad and they're ready to kill you. Literally. You know, so saying, hey, you know, here's something to drink. It's like, I don't drink. I'm, I'm Muslim. Oh, well, you must be the life of the party. That's enough to set someone off. That That's enough. Then you bring up all the geopolitical stuff. Oh, my goodness, with uh, Ramzan Kadyrov and, and all of that. Um, and you've got Chechen fighters on your team, you know, and, and he has trained it. You know, I've, I've said this on the, the main card before. He's worked for Kadyrov, you know, so why wouldn't his father take a picture? But even if he didn't want to take the picture, they're in a part of the world where, though it's free, uh, air quotes, if you can see them, though it's free, it's not free. So when, you know, when this guy comes and says, hey, take a picture with me, you have to take a picture because if you don't, uh, your family might wind up missing. You know, so it's just, it's a totally different situation and it's not a plaything. Now, like what you said, and I agree wholeheartedly, in this scenario, in this situation, with all of the ugliness that has taken place for the past couple of months, well, since April, so uh, for the past, you know, nearly six months, no one's hands are clean. Let's go back to how all this got started. Artem just said something about Habib. Habib didn't like it, so he then corners Artem by himself with about 10, 15 guys. There's nowhere for him to go. And this is not just like, hey, I'm, I'm here with all my friends and all my buddies. No, these are killers. These are trained uh, martial artists. This is no place to be by yourself, even if you're a martial artist. That This is a, a horrible situation to be in. I, they're all around you. He's big brothering him literally on camera, slapping him and things of that nature. We know that Connor was already coming to uh, Barclays to announce that he was going to fight Dos Anjos for the interim belt. So Kobe slid in there, but that was not Kobe's spot. That was Connor's spot. He was going to fight RDA for the interim belt in Brazil. So he was already coming. So since I'm coming already, let me get my boys. You want to get your boys and uh, gang up on my my boy, my little 145-pound fighting guy. With your big self, okay. All right, some somebody who can't make 155 because you weigh so much? All right, so I'm coming with my boys, and he goes ballistic. We know what he does, which is all kinds of, of crazy and all out of, uh, j- just, just outright despicable, downright despicable uh, what he did at Barclays. And people are still dealing with the effects of that. Rose hasn't fought, and we don't know when she's going to fight. Uh, and I truly believe it's more than just the injuries. She's still dealing with the PTSD from all of that. Uh, I don't know if Borg is totally 
uh, cleared on things. Kiesa's case is coming up. You know, it, the, it, they're still dealing with the ramifications of this because of his just just hot-headedness. His hot-headedness. So all that takes place and then we know, and I don't want to uh, touch on it too much because I don't want to give too much um, too much of my time, my energy to it. We know about the brawl. Everyone's seen it, and it happened. But again, no one's hands are clean in this, and not even you know in the brawl. Like, oh, you know, Connor, he, uh, you know, it, it was a shame that he, you know, got attacked. It was a shame that he punched. Uh, a booba corner Magomedov in the face when he was on top of the cage because uh, you know Bubakar wasn't doing anything to him. Now, granted, was he gonna go and possibly do something to Dylan? Absolutely, but you could grab him. He got a shirt on. You can grab him and throw him, you know, off the cage, you know. But he did that, and then everything else, you know, broke out or whatever. But it was just, it was wrong. Um, but from jump, and I understand where many of the uh, many of my colleagues in the MMA media were coming from. I should should say many of our colleagues. If you know anything about MMA, MMA just got legalized in New York a couple years ago. And they had to fight hard to get it legalized across the country. So upholding the honor of MMA it's something that from a journalist's perspective has really been ingrained in in most MMA journalist beings because they've been covering it for so long. It's been, you know, just something that was really cool, you know, whatever, but called human cockfighting, you know, by um by John McCain. Salute to John McCain. You know, it, you you had all this stuff going, and then to have something like this happen is it just doesn't look good. However, this is not new. It's not new. And that's what kind of set me off when watching and seeing these things. It's like, guys, come on. You act like this is new. How many times do you see a brawl in baseball? When is the last time you saw one? I can't tell you because it happens so often. At least, you know, a couple times a year, there's going to be a bench-clearing brawl you expect at least one fight in hockey. That's part of the reason why you watch hockey. You know, you have uh, players in basketball that, you know, swing on each other. You have bench clearing situations like that. This is not uncommon. And it definitely is not uncommon in combat sports. There have been so many situations like this that have happened in boxing. And in MMA as well. Not only is this not new, this isn't the first time this year you've had a situation like this. As a matter of fact, <laughs> seems like most of the brawls uh, take, that have taken place have involved two different parties. It just happened to be that one of them was there uh, in Habib Nurmagomedov and his team. Um, the Diaz brothers cannot attend PFL events now because they got into it with Khabib. And, yeah, I was actually going to mention that. <laughs> right, so that's happened. You had the Diaz brothers uh, who were in the brawl with Mayhem Miller when he jumped into the cage after a fight, and that was on CBS. That was on national TV in prime time 
on a Saturday. Oh, this is just a spig. It's the most horrible thing. No, it's not. It's happened before, and unfortunately, it will probably happen again. And again, like I said, Diaz, uh, the Diaz brothers have been in the middle of a lot of them. Earlier this year, he got into it, Nate, with uh, Clay Guida at a grappling match, or maybe it was a um, a regional MMA event. I forget, but this is not new. It's not new. So let's stop acting like it is and acting like this is the worst thing that's ever happened because it's not. Thank God nobody got hurt. Had someone gotten hurt, then you know things would have been worse. But come on, Connor uh, hurt people at the press conference throwing uh, cans of monster. Mm-hmm. You know, so let's not act like things haven't happened and things haven't gotten out of hand, and people have been hurt in conjunction with sporting events. Don't go to a baseball game and sit on the foul line. <laughs> it happens, you know, so it, it happens and things will be done. As a matter of fact, I saw um, right before this, I will be one of the first podcasts uh, talking about it, but both Habib and Connor got suspended by the new uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission. Their hearing will take place on the 24th, which is a Wednesday of October so in just about two weeks that will take place but it was a hor- it was it good no it wasn't um, should it have happened no it should not have happened but let's not act like this is the worst thing that's ever happened the malice in the palace was much worse do we still watch basketball absolutely so will the show Go on. It is it, it, fortunately, and I and I again, I get where my MMA colleagues are coming from, but MMA has progressed so much, you know, in such a short period of time. I mean, come on, we're going on ESPN, so it, and that was something that ESPN wouldn't even talk about fights, much less cover fights. I can remember watching. Uh, I forget the name of it, but uh, John Anik having the show on uh, ESPN's stream. It wasn't even on uh, ESPN2. It was on a stream. You had to watch it online. Uh, You know, and this was 10 years ago. So MMA has come a long way. You don't have to worry about it being shut down by the government anymore, even though the governor ran out (laughs) of the event. I'm sure that uh, if they want to do it again, brother, that they will open, uh, the governor will be happy to open his arms. He'll probably just be in a box this time so that he doesn't have to worry about things. He probably was in a box then. It was just like, come on, guys, let's hurry up and get out of here before it gets bad. But, you know, so anyway, it was it bad? Absolutely. Was it the worst thing ever? No. Should it have happened? No, it should not have. But will this stop or even make the sport less? No, it really won't. If anything, it's brought more attention to the sport, and the next time either of these fighters fight, people are going to pay attention to it. And guideline is truth. A good part of all of this that has gone on has been what's happened, what's helped Derek Lewis with getting the fight at 230. So that that is my uh my take and my part 
uh, or I should say my portion regarding what took place. Uh, Mr. Moosel, my MMA man, <laughs> tell the people what we will be covering on the next episode of Aftermath. Well, uh, honestly, uh, my favorite promotion uh, is coming up with one of my favorite things. No, hold ever. on. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, oh. you got you to gotta stop. Now, you just did a great job of saying I'm, <laughs> I am an unbiased MMA to the, media to the, member. To the fighters, but it's my, <laughs> this, is, this is just me personal here. I'm not, like, I'm not going to pick sides on the, on the drama contest and fighters, but I will say that I enjoy Bellator. Fine, I will just, I'll, I'll recant a very great promotion. <laughs> um, that is not UFC, and that's not to say I don't like UFC. Obviously, I, I love UFC as well. Um, but a less talked about and a mm-hmm. very good promotion um, in itself is Bellator. Um, they are doing some really good things, some really great yes. things. They've got two uh, Grand Prix going on right now. They just signed um, their. Uh, what contract partnership, whatever you want to call it with uh the zone. Yeah. Um, but they have got a double header coming up, which I believe they actually just did one recently. What in July, June, maybe. Uh, I think the one was, uh, the yes, one yes. Boise and, uh, in, in Rome, actually, I believe. Yes. Yes. You're, you're um, correct. Yeah. So this correct. is not something that is kind of new for them. They've done it. Um, but we've got Bellator 207 and 208. Uh, Bellator 207, we are continuing – well, actually both, 207 and 208. We are continuing the heavyweight World Grand Prix. You've got Matt Mitrione versus Ryan Bader headlining 207. And Fedor Emelianenko and Chael Sonnen headlining 208. But those are not the only fighters on these cards that I'm super interested in. You've got Roy Nelson coming back on 207. Lorenz Larkin um, is a uh, welterweight Grand Prix alternate fight with uh, Ian Pascu. Ian Pascu, yes, who trains out of SBG Ireland. Yes, he does. Um, you've got Baby Slice. And I want yes. to say Carrington Banks um, coming off of his loss uh, is going to be 207. And mm-hmm. 208, he's got one of my – uh, favorite matchups that's not the main event. Uh, you got Benson Henderson and Syed Awad. Yes. Um, I am super excited about that. Um, but you've got Alexander Slamenko, uh, Chet Congo, and Henry Corrales also on that card. Um, some really good – and that's just the, the main cards. I mean, not including the prelims. Um, I didn't go too in-depth on the prelims. Um, but if you have – now, you can catch – all Bellator fights on DAZN. Am I correct on that? You are correct, sir. There you go. So if you've got DAZN, um, there you go. There it is. Um, I am actually in the process of cutting cable. And this is one of my favorite things because the reason I haven't cut cable yet is because of the Paramount Network so I can watch Bellator. Um, this new DAZN uh, partnership or contract, whatever it is you want to call it, is amazing because now i can for a lot cheaper (laughs) watch my bellator fights right um so that's coming up that is friday and friday 
Friday and Saturday, yes. Um, and then PFL nine, I believe, is also hold, on, hold on just a moment. Now you wanna... you talked about Bellator two hundred eight <laughs> taking place on Saturday, but did you talk about who? Uh, I know you you got excited. You talked about the uh, what will probably be the voices marquee matchup for uh, that card, although. I also want to – I'm interested in seeing how Alexander Shlomenko um, comes back after losing to Gegard Mousasi. That's against uh, Anatoly Tokov, right? Yeah, Tokov. I, I've got to do a little research on Tokov. Tokov only has two losses. Ooh. And um, 15 KOs, six submissions. Yeah, that's probably going to be the horse's marquee matchup. I'll let, uh, I guess, uh, Musu's – uh, main event, so <laughs> you, you can have uh, uh, Henderson and and Sawad. I mean, Awad. Although I'm very very interested in that one too. But yeah, that, I, I'm really I really want to see how Shlomenko rebounds from that, and he's got a killer uh, that he's fighting. But did you mention who was in the main event? Because I don't remember hearing. I did, but I did it when I just mentioned the two cards. But yes, okay. the, the heavyweight World Grand Prix semifinal with um, The Last Emperor and The American Gangster. If you haven't seen the poster, it's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's definitely a, a Bellator-esque, not UFC-esque. Um, but you got Fedor Emelianenko versus uh, Chael Sonnen in um, this, uh, the second semifinal bracket, uh, which I personally like because it felt like they really were kind of dra- dragging this heavyweight Grand Prix um, along. Uh, and then to kind of just bam, bam, hit this really quick. I think it's really cool. It's really great for fight fans in general. Um, getting uh, you get two nights, two promotions. Um, I think it's really cool. Well, I don't want to say because it makes it seem like it's two different things. You have two nights of one promotion, and you get PFL on Saturday as well. So oh. lots, lots of fights to be watched. Um, for those of you that don't branch out from UFC. Um, this is what we talk about at the end of our, of our episodes. And we say that there are other really good promotions like Bellator, like PFL. And on those light weeks where everyone's kind of in this, this funk of, Oh man, I don't have UFC to watch. You know, there's no, no UFC. There is still MMA to watch and there are still good fights to watch. Absolutely. Um, do not miss these. I mean, these are not like nobody's. I mean, these are, these are some big name, uh, Guys, some ex UFC talents, um, and some upcoming prospects are going to be on these cards as well. I mean, a lot of people just think that once they're done with UFC, they're done with MMA. But you've got Benson Henderson here, who just had um, his win over um, uh, what I'm drawing a blank. Uh, ben Henderson. Yes, uh, yes, Roger Huerta. And he's he's finally saying that he's healthy. I've heard some rumor that he fought his last couple fights with a torn ACL, um, which might have come with some of this weirdness that he's had where he kind of hit this, I think, a three-fight losing streak before he got back on track, not including the weird Patricio Pitbull yeah. pulling out thing, which was because he broke his foot, you know. Yeah. Um, so I'm very excited. This I like Sadawad a lot as well. Talk about relentless pressure. Yeah, I'm uh, – against the guy that just – these are two guys that just never stop. I mean, this is like going to be a Terminator battle. Like somebody's – it's going to be rock'em, sock'em robots and somebody's head's going to pop off in this fight. I mean, it's just what's going to happen. So it's 
um, it's going to be fun for sure. So definitely tune in to the Bellator uh, on DAZN, uh, or I believe that would these ones would be on Paramount Network. Yes, these on Paramount. But um, I I suggest, and you talked about it in part one. The other good promotions that are on there as well, um, boxing and stuff is on DAZN, so definitely worth checking out. Yes, uh, <laughs> yeah, you got. I mean, it seems like every week they're adding more, and I haven't checked it. Uh, this week to see what else is there, but well, I actually I take that back. I have been looking at it. I don't see anything else that's been added. But yes, you got Combate America. You have uh, KSW. You have EFC. You got Matchroom Boxing, and I'm sure there will be uh, some boxing going on because it's 80 plus events a year that the zone is putting on as far as uh, combat sports is concerned. So if you are a fight fan. You need the zone. Since we're here and since we're talking about things and the hour is going on, I'm going to cut into some of the main card stuff and just add here and say that uh, the Voices Marquee matchup for the uh, Bellator 207 will be it's going to be Lorenz Larkin and Eon uh, Pascu because that is the, if you didn't know, that is the fight for the alternate for the welterweight Grand Prix. I don't know if that's going to be five rounds or not, uh, as all the other ones are, just because this is for the alternate. But I'm going to, I'm just very interested in seeing who who steps up and who gets in and who uh, who does. I mean, uh, Larkin was a very high-profile uh, signee for Bellator taking him off of a great, great uh, run there in uh, the UFC. Um, Pascu, I guess his greatest claim to fame uh, is losing to Ed Ruth on that same card where uh, Henderson beat Huerta. He came back and beat Alex Lahore in Bama um, about a month later. But yeah, he like again, his greatest claim to fame was coming in and, and being a good test for Ed Ruth, who won by decision back in April. Uh, outside of that, it's been, you know, a, a Bama. Not, not from Alabama, but fighting in the British uh, MMA production, uh, or I should say British MMA uh, organization, which pretty much has become Bellator Europe now. But, uh, yeah, I, I really want to see how Larkin does with that because he very well could be kind of like um, – like Daniel Cormier, who was just an alternate and then came and won it all uh, in the Strike Force Grand Prix because, again, this is MMA. You never know who's going to fall out, you know, what's going to happen. So, uh, so yeah, that's the Voices Marquee matchup. So, uh, the main card will be coming. I'll talk a bit about all of the craziness that's taking place this week as far as cards uh, changing up and give you the old one, too. Uh, but as far as previewing uh, Bellator's 207 and 208, did that with my MMA man, Josh Musu, today. So killing a couple birds with one stone. Yes, yeah, sir. Don't forget PFL 9 as well. Yes, uh, yes. Heavyweight and lightweight. Um, again, just another promotion that uh, – you know, you don't have to have any kind of crazy subscription. If you've got Facebook, you can watch most of these fights. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> which don't lie to me. I know almost everybody listening to this has got Facebook. Right. Um, and then if you have anything, it's NBC Sports Network. Yeah, M- NBC Sports NBC Network. Sports Network. I can't remember his NBC Sports, yeah, but they're yeah. um, the you'll, you'll be able to watch the uh, quote unquote main card, even though it's really it's going to be the same guys on the undercard anyway. It, it, exactly. Um, so it's not. I mean, you're you're going to be able to watch some some really good fights um, there as well. So you definitely have a surplus of MMA to uh, keep you occupied uh, tomorrow and Saturday. So don't miss out. And just so you know, if you listen to this and you post on Twitter, I wish there was some MMA this weekend. I will spam you <laughs> with Bellator, Bellator and PFL and links to this podcast. So right. be, you have been warned. <laughs> and, and just to educate the fight fans um, with PFL, yes, you will have the fights that are broadcast on NBCSN. It's just the NBCSN main card, but again, all the fighters are fighting kind of all over the place. Here's the beauty of the PFL. I don't know how long it takes for them to do it, but probably within a couple days or a week's time, the entire fight card will be available on Facebook. So um, if you don't have NBCSN, if you've cut the cord and you're like, man, I won't be able to watch that. Well, hey, don't worry. Uh, you can see the entire card on uh, Facebook Watch after so long. Plus, the um, post-fight show will be on Facebook Watch, so you'll be able to get highlights and find out exactly what took place. All right. Well, uh, since we're talking about all the wonderful things in social media world, because, of course, MMA does live online, uh, Share with the good people, uh, Mr. Musa, all the the uh, all of your social information. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, where I'm most active, especially for sports. Um, not even just MMA. Do a lot of fantasy football and, mm-hmm. and other things there as well. But that is at Bearded Moose, and that is with two zeros. So that's Bearded M zero zero S E. You can follow me on there. I interact with almost everybody that sends anything to me. I do my absolute best to do that. Um, I also have my little nuggets and stuff that I just send out. Uh, A lot of those numbers, stats, things like that uh, for fights. And then if you have any fancy football questions, we are in football season. Um, You can also follow uh, at Ambush Sports um, is a sports network company uh website blog whatever you want to call it that we've got we have a majority of our articles up there are mma related but we do have some fancy football ones and i promise you fancy football articles will continue to come i got a little sidetracked uh, you know having a baby so my bad um that is not really an excuse not to throw out some stuff so i do apologize but i will get on that more but um you can go to that that is ambushsportsnetwork.com you can find the link and stuff at the ambush sports twitter um you can go to at ambush sports on facebook as well and i do live videos q a's stuff like that sit starts um and uh, i'm going to very soon gonna try to do some uh some mma type stuff on there as well i'm really working on uh fighter interview type stuff that we can put into the ambush sports network side because i have some really good writers 
um, that write for me, not for me, with me, um, for the website. And I'm trying to get them involved in podcasting as well and getting some fight interviews lined up for them as well. So you can check that stuff out. All right. Uh, of course, salute to my team, my voice, sports fans rejoice. My team, my voice, MGMV sports for being the vehicle, the platform that allows us to do what we do. Follow MTMV Sports on everything. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you name it. Follow us there. If you want to speak to me directly, I am the voice and I am the voice on everything as well. Speaking of fighter interviews, got an interview uh, with Ian Pomfrey uh, coming up. It'll be dropping alongside uh Aftermath parts one and two and the main card on Friday. Um, so be on the lookout for that. He, it, it's a phenomenal story. Absolutely phenomenal story. And I can't wait for you all to learn more about this amazing young man. All right. Um, well, fight fans, this has been Aftermath. The week that was in MMA and until the horn sounds, fight the good fight. Mm-hmm.